Outside the Shoot would like to thank one of their sponsors, the Lynx at Penn Hills. If you're a golfer, you're going to want to check out the Lynx at Penn Hills in Shubenacadie, Nova Scotia. With nine holes wide open situated along the beautiful Shubenacadie River and the other nine tucked into woodland, this Les Ferber design is a challenge for the best of golfers. Located just 15 minutes from the Halifax Stanfield International Airport, the Lynx at Penn Hills has become one of the best courses in Nova Scotia. For more information or to book a tee time, go to lynxatpennhills.com. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 2 of Outside the Shoot. I'm your host Randy Frame. Today on the podcast we have former member of Team Canada 40-man roster and Stonewall Manitoba native Brady Woods. We're going to talk to Brady about growing up and then playing the game in Manitoba before shifting over to junior with the Saskatoon Diamondbacks and then the ISC level with the Kegel Black Knights. Brady will also tell us the story as to why Softball Canada umpires voted him as the worst offender of going outside the chute. So sit back, relax, because here we go. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Brady, thanks for coming on, buddy. Thanks for having me, Framer. Not a problem, man. So, how's life in Stonewall, Manitoba? Life's pretty easy right now. We uh, we sold our house. We moved back in with the parents during this pandemic, and uh, we're actually in the midst of building a house in Winnipeg. Oh, are you really? You know, yeah, at the age of 33, living with your parents, three kids and a wife in your parents' basement is always, uh, you know, a good time. (laughs) I imagine it is. Well, I I can't say much. I'm I'm living with my my in-laws too, so uh we have, we have an add-on here, so you know, it it works. Live in babysitter, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, you got your so your wife Ashley and you have you have three children, right? Yeah, three kids. Uh Bryn's my oldest, she's 7. Uh, and then I got my little guy Emmett, he's 6. And then uh we have a 1-year-old named Paige. Oh, okay, right on. So, any uh do they have any interest in sport? Well, besides Paige being one, she doesn't have any interest in sports yet. But uh, what about what about Bryn and, and and Emmett? Yeah, no, they're big into uh, they're big into everything. We uh, we usually play ball most nights. Um, you know, hockey on the driveway. Um, now they they seem to be right into everything that uh, that we're into. It's probably probably the biggest reason why I'm actually still playing is. Uh, I was old enough for the kids to recognize me on the diamond, so I figured, well, if they enjoy watching it, I'll keep playing. So that's what uh, I think. That's the reason why I'm still uh, still playing at, even today. So right on. So how far are you from Winnipeg? We're I'm 20 minutes north of Winnipeg. Oh, okay, must be a Jets fan. Yeah, yeah, I think everybody is out here. It's uh, it's pretty wild when uh, when they're playing, and um, I know that. Uh, you may see it on TV, but that arena is uh, it's kind of something else. So, oh well, it's rated the loudest one in 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 the league, isn't it? That must be. I think it was at one time. Yeah, I don't know. I, I've been to a couple other rinks that. Um, I think it's just because Winnipeg's rink is so small. To be honest, like there's only fifteen thousand people in there. Um, oh right, yeah. But yeah, she gets she gets pretty loud. So yeah. So wait, what do you think their chances are against Calgary? Um, I think they'll get past Calgary pretty easily. Uh, but past that, I don't think they'll get past the uh, the I guess theoretically the first round of playoffs. I think they'll be done after that. So. Yeah, I think missing Bufflin's pretty huge on the back end. I mean, <laughs> he's pretty hard to replace. Yeah, yeah, that's a big body that uh, be, it's tough to miss. But you know, lots of mixed feelings over here in Winnipeg about that guy. So yeah, yeah. we'll uh, we'll see. Yeah, plus you got Shifley going through a, a court battle with his personal chef, so that doesn't. Uh... <laughs> Really helped. Yeah, that, yeah that, that came on the news there yesterday. I think uh, Winnipeg's such a small town that that uh, everybody kind of knows what's going on before it really ever gets made public to the rest of uh, the rest of Canada. So uh, yeah, that that rumor was floating around for quite a while, but from the sounds of it, it's just you know just a disagreement with a personal chef. It's not, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be anything that affects them too much. Yeah, it's pretty funny to hear though. Uh, so yeah, yeah so so. Uh, from the fast pitch part of it, where'd, where'd you get your start? Uh, actually, I got my start here in Stonewall. Um, you know, just a typical kid growing up watching my dad play. So uh, when I was old enough to throw, I, I just started throwing. And he kind of taught me, and just, 
dad and son playing catch in the basement. And so my dad ended up starting something out here in Stonewall. And we played here for one or two years. And then just typical boys ball started to die off. So after that, the next closest place for me to play was uh, an hour and a half away. Uh, Southern Manitoba in uh, Winkler, Manitoba. Okay, yeah. So we made the, we made the drive to Winkler, to, you know, two three times a week for me to play, and I played there for probably seven or eight years. Um, and then that's where that's where our team Manitoba was based out of back when I was with the uh, the Canada Games program years and years ago now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's where most a lot of traveling down there. Right on. Yeah, actually, my Canada Games year. In '97, we went to Brandon, Manitoba. So uh, I'm familiar Ooh, with familiar with it there. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. Brandon's an exciting town for Oh man, I'm telling you. Probably were old enough to go to Houston's at the time, but Houston's a big spot. <laughs> yeah, no. It from well, actually, I was 19 at the time, so I was able to well drink. So, but at the time, yeah. at Canada Games, obviously, you're not drinking, <laughs> but. No, but uh, yeah, but they there was actually a, they had there was an after party like after we were done, for anybody that was you know over over age they were able to to drink so that that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. No, mine was in Regina, so not a heck of a lot better. Yeah, actually, you know what, Brandon, Brandon's probably better than going to Regina. <laughs> sorry to sorry to the guys from Saskatchewan listening, but yeah, yeah. I, I think I can say that because I played junior in Saskatchewan. For five years so okay I, that, I that, like I'm, I'm allowed to say that that was my next lead-in what uh so junior what you were you were five years out there yeah so yeah i was well yeah four or five years i guess four years however long junior age was at that time okay 23 and under so oh right still 19, right so i guess four, i guess four years so it uh yeah i was four years with the junior diamondbacks um yeah so i'd i'd go out there probably two three tournaments and then uh and then just play nationals with them. Okay. But that was, uh, yeah, that was the next closest kind of junior team for me to play on. There was nothing in Manitoba. I was, you know, Manitoba's been, <clears throat> I know the rest of the province are talking about, you know, ball dying. Um, but like for me, I, I've seen, I've seen this happening in Manitoba now for God, come 33, like 16 or 17 years. Right. I have been probably the youngest guy kind of every year playing still playing you know everybody that i grew up playing with was done well 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 before me so um yeah i've, I've kind of seen this dying trend happening in manitoba for a long time right yeah it's it's unfortunate i mean see i'm pretty sure it's across canada in certain certain places because i i can remember growing up here that you know we'd have we'd have our our league at home our host league and we'd have nine to 10 teams in, in the league, but now there's maybe two to three teams in the entire province. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate, but, uh, just the way, just the way it goes. So yeah. with the, with the junior team in, in Saskatoon there, did you guys have any, any, uh, success at, at junior nationals? You know what? Every year, I think every year, every single year we finished around Robin um, in like in like that top four, we were getting double life. Right. Um, so every every year we had double life, and every year we were OT barbecue. So like we were we were almost nine times, or yeah, four to four years. I think we were double life, lost both games, and I think three of the four years it was like it was the newfies that put us out. I think so. Oh wow. Um, yeah. Which Damn. I guess we're not really the only team, only people that can really say that. Like I'm pretty sure the newbies destroy everybody, everybody's hopes and dreams. Yeah. In the last, you know, the 18 years that I've been playing against them. Hey, trust me, man. I'm I'm the poster boy for uh, for them at Senior Nats for a, a number <laughs> of years. So uh, <laughs> my my ERA is ballooned because because of the new. So. Oh well, yeah. The, uh, so on the on the Saskatchewan team, there was any any notable guys that would have come through with you? Um, yeah, I mean, so my last year of junior was with Devo and Patty Burns. Um, oh and wow, those guys. Yeah, my so yeah. You think of my last year of junior? It was me, Devo, 
uh, Patty Burns, but back then Patty was not like Patty was not he was scrawny, right? He's right. Not he's not the Patty Hulk that you <laughs> that you see now. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, so he was he was kind of scrawny. So it was kind of me and Diva that did the majority of the pitching in the Nationals. Um, and then the years before that, there was um, Colby Burley. He was around for a little while with the Diamondbacks. Um, probably one of the scariest dudes to ever play junior ball was this BL Sparvier. Some of the guys may, some of the guys my age may remember him. He was, he was like an all-star catcher three of the four years or something ridiculous. And, and just one of the, the scariest hitters I've ever actually, you know, played with. Is that right? He, uh, yeah. How hard he hit the ball. It was freakishly, it was, it was freakish how, how hard it came off the bat. <laughs> So and we, he was just on everything. Right. So were you down here in St. Croix for the Junior Nats? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. I played in St. Croix. Okay. Area. So what? So was that your first time down here in Nova Scotia? That was my first time in Nova Scotia, yeah. Oh, okay. What did you think of those Nationals? They were fun. They were good. They were good. I, I, I have pretty good memories from most of my Nationals, um, you know, some of the some of the guys my age would probably remember my junior days as being an absolute spaz case and, and you know throwing garbage cans and throwing gloves and telling the umpires to shove it and and amazingly I, I had never been kicked out of a game and uh wow I still actually I still don't know if I have ever been kicked out of a game but uh but yeah I was in my junior days I was uh I was a hothead well yeah well I had scoff on for the first episode there and uh I, I got him to you know say a few few things about about you and uh the first thing he said uh was the when he went to join kegel that uh the coach called him and said uh you know he talked to you or something but you didn't want him on the team because you you thought he was a fucking asshole (laughs) (laughs) you know what and i was so (laughs) that's a funny story i didn't actually ever think of that i made it to him but in our junior days, I don't know why I, I, I never even met Scope. Um, but I looked at him and I hated him. Just looking at him, and and you know what? Now playing with him, like I still look at him and I still don't really like him. I, <laughs> yeah, die, yeah. But. Oh yeah. Anyway, um, but I think most of the Macedons feel that way. They don't really like him. They just kind of put up with him. Oh yeah, it's true. I mean, I I played with him for for yeah. a couple of years. I I know I know exactly what you're saying. No, he he's he's yeah. awesome, man. He's he's heart and soul though. I yeah. mean, he. Man, absolutely. I've never seen a guy yeah. work on his game as much as Scove does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and especially like if you compare I know how just from reading the group chats, I know I know how hard he's working, like and I'm I am not that. So um <laughs> but now that you like when you say that, uh, I know the exact conversation. It was Jeff Larson and and I wasn't playing anywhere. Um there's we'll probably get into it, but there was three years there where I didn't even play. Okay. Uh, a couple not not that long ago, and uh, Jeff Larson phoned me and said, uh, "Yeah, will you come play with the Angels?" And I said, "Well, who's what's your schedule and who's your other pitcher?" And he told me the schedule and he said, uh, "Justin Schofield's the other pitcher." And I just said, "I just flat out said, no, that guy's a fucking asshole. I'll never play with you. I'll never play with him." <laughs> and <laughs> oh, and God. honest to God, I had never met him, and I don't know why I said it. But I know for a fact when I was in junior nationals, I just looked at him, and back then he had like a, a goofy mullet haircut. It was probably something that that Nova Scotia was doing at the time, and I was just like, no, I, screw this guy. No, I think I think I think Scope. I think, uh, like think Scope was watching uh, Kenny Powers at the time there on. Uh... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, had, he yeah. had that look though. He did. Yeah. And that's that's the best haircut I remember. Yeah. Yeah. And instantly just associated with asshole. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so, so when you were done junior, is that when you is that when you moved on to Kegel? No, so I was actually with Kegel while I was with the Diamondbacks. Oh, okay, okay. I've been, I was with Kegel to uh, when I was eighteen. So I joined Kegel in '06. Uh, oh wow! Okay. Yeah. So I played with Kegel in '06 um, until 2010, I believe. Oh, okay, okay. Or 2011. So for a period of three or four years, I I actually I backed up Musi for three or four years there with Kegel, and uh, 
uh, yeah, it would have been nine, ten, and eleven. Okay, right Joe on. Was, was with us, and I backed him up, and yeah, and so, then eventually it was it was clear to me that I was never going to throw ahead of Musler, so I, I moved on to Eagle for a couple of years, and um, and to this day it was probably the worst decision of my life, but it is what it is. Yeah. You got to live and you learn, and and uh, anyway, I'm back with him. So right on. So, so what what were your what were your impressions of uh, Musi? Musi's like. Probably one of the best guys that I've ever met. Yeah. Um, you know, I could, I picked up so much just from just from watching him that uh, that I, uh, yeah, I, I just I learned a ton from that guy. Just the amount of the you know, pregame prep and knowing his hitters and where to throw all of his hitters and mm-hmm. and and going into stuff like that. Whereas when I was that age, backing him up, like all I did was go. Uh, give me the ball, like me throw ball hard. That's all I wanted to do, right? Yeah. Um, I didn't care about movement. I didn't care about. I didn't care about. Uh, uh, you know, change of speeds. I just said, you know, give me the freaking ball. I'm gonna go throw it by everybody. Yeah. And um, and that at the IC level, that doesn't that doesn't obviously work. So yeah, uh, I learned some lessons. Yeah, for sure. So when did when were you first named to uh, the forty man with Team Canada? Forty Mountain was two thousand and ten when Don Bates was the coach. Okay. Actually, there was just this, there was I believe there was just a change because in two thousand nine was the ISFs in Saskatoon, and that was Mark Smith's last ISFs. Okay. Yep. And then that then Don Bates took over, and uh, I got named to the Forty Mountain. Yeah, in two thousand ten. Okay. So did did so, you did you got to play some tournaments with them? Obviously. Yeah, but the most I did with them from 2010 on was just kind of the training camps, the training camps in Florida. So I did a couple of those, um, and then I got named to the Pan Am Championship team that was supposed to go to Aramisio, Mexico, and that was supposed to have been in 2011, and uh, it ended up getting canceled about two months before the tournament. Okay, and then they rescheduled the tournament. For um, Medellin, Colombia. Yeah. So imagine this: they they canceled the tournament in Hermosillo, Mexico, because for safety concerns. So they reschedule it in Medellin, Colombia, <laughs> and and everything's okay. So that makes a lot of sense. That oh, makes sense. Makes total yeah. sense. So we ended up. Uh, yeah. So we played in that. Uh, that was 2012, then in Colombia. Right. And then, uh, and then after that, that was it. I was off the team after that for a little while. Okay. See, I they seem to have like a, a turnover there. Like I shouldn't say a turnover, but more, more or less. Besides those top, you know, ten or eleven guys, they seem to they seem to rotate guys in and out. Yeah. So the when I the year I first came on, 2010, was the year of the big turnover. Like the the guys on the 40 man half, 20 of the guys were junior age players, mm. um, and then the other 20 were. You know the Malalis and Ellsworth and Wolfies and and Fairman and 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 I can go on and on. Yeah. But then the like so us younger guys at the time were, um, you know, the Boland and and Matiwa and myself, uh, and we're we're all of us are the same age, except I think Maddie's still a year younger than me. But right. Um. So that was the turnover years when, and and now you look at those guys that are still there. Or, or now you look at the, the, glue, the glue of the team now is is most of those guys, right? Uh, you know, Maddie, Brad, um, Jason's a couple years older than me, so Jason was already there mm-hmm. already. But uh, but yeah, so you look at some of the, the turnover they did in those years and how it's paid off. Um, like it, obviously, it paid off in fifteen huge for them, yeah. um, and I'm, it'll pay off here again in the next go around. I think. So. Oh, for sure, for sure, no doubt. So 2016 with Kegel at the uh, ISEs, you had a, you had a pretty good yeah. tournament. <laughs> I did, yeah, I did. And what what a lot of people don't know is, um, so I left Kegel in 2011. I went to Cal State Builders, and then the next year I went to, sorry, 2012. I went to Lacey A's, a team in Seattle, um, and I ended up injured most of the year. They gave me like an uh, eight tournament team term or eight uh, eight tournament schedule right 
and they were going all over the place. So I said, yeah, I'm in. And then like week, like a week before the tournament, my flight's booked, everything's ready to go cancel. And, and that just happened week over week. <clears throat> so I never ended up playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, or I, I barely played. I ended up injured most of the year. Um, and then that, that, that's the year I ended up getting dropped from the national team. So that would have been 2013. I didn't play at all in 2014 or 2015. I, I, I barely played at all. Oh, wow. I played some, yeah, I played some local league stuff. I maybe played 20 games in both years. And, and to be honest, Framer, I hated the game. I was done. I was out of it. Is that I, right? I wanted nothing to do with it. Yeah. I just, I lost everything for the game at the time. So what made you, um, what made and you by come that back? Time, you know what? I had, I had two kids. And what made me come back was Jeff Ellsworth flew to Manitoba. Um, I believe it was 2015. Uh, and he was, we were, he, he phoned me, said, I'm coming to Manitoba. I, I'm running a camp. I'm going to fly up to Cross Lake. Will you come with me? Right I said, on. yeah, sure. So I flew up to Cross Lake with him. And he's like, can you throw to the kids? I said, yeah, no problem. I'll throw. So I, I was throwing. And as I was loosening it up, and then kind of all the kids were done, um, and I was just like, is that as hard as you can throw? And I said, uh, no. No, I'm sure i got plenty in the tank. <laughs> well, let's, let's freaking see it, he said. <laughs> and then I, I hadn't thrown in, in forever, and all of a sudden he's got me on radar. Uh, he had me on radar at 80, 81 consistently. Wow. So then we, he started, he's like, well, I'm going to January. Can I do, can I do BP off you throwing full out? I said, yeah, no problem. So I, I threw him BP for a good 45 minutes throwing all out. And then he looked at me and he said, you fucking get your ass back playing. Or minus the swear words. Yeah. He doesn't swear. Yeah. Um, you get your butt back playing and get your ass back on the national team is what he said to me. And uh, I said, oh, maybe we'll see. And then uh, that summer I wasn't going to play again. And a, a buddy of mine in Winnipeg was playing with Kegel <clears throat> And uh, Kegel said, we're looking for another pitcher. Um, Jorge, his last name escapes me. He's from Guatemala. Oh, right. I know who you mean. Uh, yeah. I, it escapes me, too. <laughs> yeah, that's going to that's gonna bug me now. But anyway, Google. Jorge kind of, uh, yes. Um, how did they are falling out or something happened. All of a sudden, he wasn't playing. So Kegel phoned me and said, can you come pitch with us? I said, yeah, sure. No problem. Mm-hmm. Give me something to do for the summer. And, you know, I just, I missed, I guess I, once I started the traveling again and getting to the field with the boys and, and now my kids were, my wife and kids were kind of old enough to come with me. And I, I, I just, I, I, it, I don't know, something just happened. I, I, I enjoyed it again and back at the diamond, seeing some, seeing those guys from, you know, that you become close friends with that are from different parts of the world. Yeah. And I said, screw it. Uh, why not? We'll just keep going as long as uh, as long as my body allows me, and as long as my wife is okay with it, then I'll keep going. So yeah, so sixteen I had a really good year with with Kegel, right? Um, and it may have just been more of a surprise; people hadn't seen me, whatever it is. But but seem, things seem to be kind of carrying on from that. So yeah, well, I mean, we'll see. We'll you, see you, guys, more, you guys, finish, years you guys, you guys finished. You guys finished twelfth, and you. St- like you still made the all world team. Like you must have had a pretty good tournament. Yeah, I think I like I ended up with a no hitter, but like I mean, you being a year of pitcher too, Framer. Yeah. Like pitchers are weird, right? Like we're, <laughs> like we're like we're the goalies. We're the goalies of men's softball. Yeah, right? true. Like yeah, very true. Knows, everyone knows that the goalie is messed usually yeah. in the head. Yeah, and, and I'm I'm the same way. And when I pitch. You know, some pitchers have the mentality of, um, I'm fine giving up hits. I'm fine, you know, giving up two, three, four runs. I am not like that. Mm-hmm. I would rather walk you than give up a hit. Yeah. I could care less. <laughs> yeah. I would rather, I will go 3-1 every single count and walk you than give up a hit. Yeah, I know what you're saying. About and and it's it drives my teammates nuts to the point where, you know, my, my nickname with Kegel is Count because... I could start a hitter off 0-2 framer, and I will end up 3-2 some way, somehow. Some, like, <laughs> I will nibble till death. I ain't coming anywhere near anything to give up a hit. I refuse to give up hits. Yeah. So, I mean, if you go back and look at a ton of my stats, I don't, 
I don't give up a ton of hits. I walk a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I walk a ton of people. So I know uh, in the Winnipeg League for, for a long time, some of the other teams' um, offensive strategy and what they used to tell me was, we are not taking the bat off our shoulder because we have two strikes against Brady because the odds are he will walk you. <laughs> yeah. So, That's I mean, it never really worked out for them because you know, after a little while you kind of figure that out. But yeah. Anyway. Right on. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think I, I ended up in that tournament with I knew I threw, I knew I threw a no hitter, and I had a couple close games like one nothing, two one. But I, you know, the big stats to get all world, the big stats have to show up. You have to have mm-hmm. a low ERA, and you have to strike a lot of people out. True. Yeah. And I think in I played probably two or three less games uh, than than the other pitchers that were that finished all world that year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I ended up with almost as many strikeouts as they did. So, like, I had two or three games of 16 and 17 strikeouts. So that, that that's that's the only reason you get onto All-World. You have one good weekend. You know, I'm not – I don't sit here and say I'm an All-World pitcher because doing it once, is, to right. me, is having a good weekend. If I can go out and do it again in, in 2021, hopefully, and – 2022 then i could say something like that but the all world pitchers are they're cleary it's it's cheese it's adam those are the guys they're on there every year those right are, those are all world pitchers yeah i got to go uh i got to go head to head with the full card at the aaus in 2010 man yeah fun isn't it <laughs> that was <laughs> crazy he was playing he was playing with yeah. some uh i think it was like a a dominican team had picked him up for it yeah and I was with uh, we, there was a team from Nova Scotia that went down, and uh, we were we were playing them, and, and it was hilarious because there was a bunch of fans there watching, and we finally like got a foul ball off of me, I think in the fourth yeah. inning in the fourth inning, and the crowd cheered because of a foul ball, like that hit yeah. the backstop. <laughs> yeah, but no, Ad, man, Adam Adam's good. Yeah, so Adam he's the same age as me. Um, in 2005, I had uh, I was supposed to, I was I was named not named I was trying out for the junior Canadian national team. Um, I never ended up going to tryouts. I ended up breaking my pitching hand a week before tryouts, so I never ended up actually going to tryouts. Uh. But Adam was on Team Australia that year, and then the next summer I was playing against him. He was playing for the IS Knights in Fargo for a little bit. Okay. And, uh, and the next summer I was playing with Kegel. So I was playing, I've been playing against Adam since we we're both 19. Um, you know, he knows me now. He probably didn't have any freaking idea who it was back then. But right. He was, the second he stepped into ISC ball, he was dominant. He was, he was crazily dominant. And to watch him even at 19 and, and even to watch him now, like he's, he's still the best there is. Um, Right. You know, and, and a lot of people compare, you know, are going to say the guys from, from the past are, you know, they're the best. You know, the, you know I, I always hear Pete Meredith's name and, and, and Whitey and, and Darren Zach. guys like that. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, comparing the game now is just like comparing, you know, 2020 hockey, NHL hockey to 1990 right. NHL hockey. Right. I know exactly what you're saying. Different. Yeah, for sure. The game's completely different. The technology's different. You know, um, back then they were throwing core 50 Spaldings. Um, yeah. Now we throw, you know, core 45K Masters. Yeah. Um, we, you know, we spin it way harder than they ever did. You know, my footholds compared to Adam's, you know, I'm jumping five or six feet off the mound and Adam's still another three feet beyond me. Mm. So... Like back then, you watch videos; they didn't, they weren't even jumping. No, like, that's right. Stepping. No. So it's 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 almost impossible to compare the old times. But in my opinion, Adam is Adam's the best there is and the best there was. Yeah, yeah, he's he's phenomenal in my opinion. Was that was the 2016? That was in was that in Quad City? Quad Cities, yeah. Oh, okay. Did you happen to find my passport there? I lost it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> 2000, nice. 2000 and was it 2010 or 2009? 2000, not 2009 ISCs. I was there and I was, I was flying out on 
Saturday morning because we had get we had gotten beaten out. So I was flying out Saturday morning. We got beat out on the Friday, but you know how as soon as you're beat out, like usually everybody parties and you know drinks their faces off. So yeah, we uh we all went to the bars and I stayed. I was like I might as well stay up all night and because my I had to be at the airport there in in is it Moline? Is that where the airport is? I think it is. I've never actually flown in the I drive most places with cable, so. Oh, do you? Oh, well, I get, yeah, I guess I'm from the East Coast. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so I had to be at the airport really early. So I left, I got my stuff at the hotel. The cab was taking me to the airport at like 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning. And I'm on my way there and I, I reach in my back pocket because that's the only thing I took for ID. <laughs> I reached in my back pocket and it wasn't there. I was like, oh my God. So I told the cabbie, I was like, turn around and go back to the hotel. Go back to the hotel. The cabbie laughed. At this point, I'm like, I know, I know I, it's not at the hotel. I lost it when I was out drinking and partying. <laughs> so so lucky lucky for me, my roommate at the time, Adam Rogers, is is a lawyer. So he was like, you know, get your get your parents to fax your birth certificate down and and we'll see what we can do. Oh my god. Anyway, I was I was able to get him to notarize it and go to the airport. I had to do a 2 2-hour two questionnaire with Homeland Security, but uh I was able to leave on Sunday. <laughs> so Jesus, I and that's that's my biggest fear with going with this uh, traveling as much as I do in the states is, yeah. and I always same thing as you. I I probably I always keep my passport like on me, it's either in my back pocket or it's in my ball bag. Like it's always on me. Mm. But that day, the day I'm coming home on a flight, it's like, where's my passport? Yeah. And I will go through that three or four times before my flight. Is is where the hell did I put it? Is it in my ball bag or is it in my pocket? Like, yeah, that's my biggest fear is losing a passport. Uh, it was scary. It, like that two hour questionnaire with Homeland Security was ridiculous because they were asking me stuff like you know who name your first pet and all this stuff. And I was like, name my first pet. How do you, I was like, I was like, muffin. They're like, okay, (laughs) thanks. I was like, do you guys actually know that that's my first pet or, uh, you know what I mean? So anyway, it was, it was quite an experience. So 2018, you went to the Nats in St. Croix with the PEI. That was your first ever senior nationals. First ever senior Nats. Yeah. That's insane. The fact yeah. that the fact that you were on Canada's forty man and never been to a senior nationals blows me away. Yeah, and and you know I don't know why like uh, like up until I, I guess you know maybe Batesy waited uh, when he was selecting the forty man he maybe he waited ISCs a little more but I never had the holidays and uh, and that's just that's just the way it boiled down. Oh and, right, yeah. When 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 you say no enough times. And you got to remember, I played junior up until I was playing ISCs and junior nationals. So I was taking a week off for junior nationals, a week off for ISCs. I was taking a couple days for ASAs. And then all my other tournaments, because Kegel didn't fly me anywhere, I had to drive. So I had to take most Fridays off. And then we'd come home through the night Sunday in order for me to be at work on Monday. So by the time I got through ISCs, I was out of holidays. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I would always decline. And I truthful, I was probably only asked for senior nationals um, twice. Like, I was playing junior with Saskatchewan, so a, a senior Saskatchewan team would ask me to go. I think the Diamondbacks asked me once or twice. After right. that, you know, you say no enough times. And not only that, but Manitoba would never go. Right. Um, so I'd have to be an import. And, and, and I mean, you look, at the, you look at the class of pitchers in, in Canada – and if you're if only ten teams are going, um, you know you got to be pretty high up the the import pitcher list in order for for somebody to grab you. Exactly, you're only, yeah. one. you're only allowed one. So I I was never up that list, and and uh, so and and remember I I didn't play in fourteen or fifteen, so nobody asked me. Yeah. In twenty sixteen, uh, kind of a personal story, and not to get super emotional, but. Um, in 2016, my wife and I were expecting a child, and uh, she had uh, she had a doctor's appointment on like the Monday, national start on the Wednesday. 
So I was on my way to Saskatoon Monday, me, my other two kids and my parents and my wife was at the hospital by herself. And, uh, we were four months along and, and we'd, we'd lost the child. So my wife, my wife was obviously at the hospital by myself. So I had to turn around. I think I was in, I was, I was five hours from home. So I turned around, flipped around and I raced back to the city and, uh, we were, we were actually in the hospital. My wife was in the hospital for three weeks. We were, uh, she was in a bad way for a little bit, but, um, anyway, yeah. And we, uh, so I, the Manitoba team still went. That's uh, that's the year you guys. That's the year the Mastodons won it. Okay. Um, so I guess that would have been seventeen, yeah. not sixteen. Right. Seven. Anyway, um, yeah, that was the year uh, Mastodons won it, and uh, I. Uh, so Manitoba ended up going, and they had to get like two senior C pitchers imported from Saskatchewan in order to play in the tournament. Oh um, wow. So it just ended up it ended up being a complete gong show for the Manitoba team. Right. And then that next year is when uh, WBSC changed the rule to going to one foot. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they changed the rule going to one foot, I don't know how it happened, uh, how I ended up back on the roster, but uh, nobody called me. I just all of a sudden I was back on the on the Canada roster, and. Uh, I was kind of like, okay, and then you know, I started getting emails and, and saying that I had to go to senior nationals. Um, and I said, well, if a team phones me, I'll make sure I go, is, is all I was told. And then, uh, you know, good good buddy Jeff Ellsworth always looking out for me. He mm-hmm. call and made sure I was there. So Right. So how did the the, uh, the boys from PEI, like I played I played two years with Charlottetown prior to my last year with the Mastodons. And a uh, good bunch of boys, the, the, the guys from the island, eh? Yeah, yeah, and it's just like they just—they're having a good time. Mm-hmm. Like nobody, nobody—I I would never fault anybody for going to nationals. They knew coming there. I think that, um, you know, the goal at the beginning of the week was just to make it to playoffs. Like, right, and and that was said out loud. Um, so that was the goal, and and uh, and then once you get to playoffs, you you never really know. And uh, I mean, we got to playoffs, and I think like the Angels only beat us one nothing or two nothing or something like that so um you know had we somehow got past Devo and the angels we would have had to play the mastodons and then and then uh almara and then bc and then newfoundland so <laughs> we knew uh, we kind of knew it wasn't going to be possible but yeah but we had it was a good time anyway right on yeah so after that one you uh you you joined the mastodons last year for the nationals and from what i yeah. hear it was a shit show with everybody getting sick. Yeah, and Ex- except for you. Uh, I was yeah. I'm. I mean, I'm hardy though. I'm from the center of Canada, so like I'm used to living off of more than just like lobster and fish and stuff like that. <laughs> I'm used to eating burgers and and yeah. and French fries and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So I don't know what the boys got into. Um, you know, maybe some bad center of Canada fish or something like that. Must have been. Maybe they're, it wasn't exactly Murphy's fish and chips that they had, that they had got, but <laughs> yeah, a bunch of them. Yeah, there's a plug. Hey, uh, yeah, exactly. Button. Exactly. Yeah. I heard Murphy's fish and chips. Uh, Connor Hilton was the, uh, was the worst hit, wasn't he? He was. Poor boy ended up in the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, you're going through all of that and, and then you're, you know, I think our, our first game was Saskatchewan. We got through that fine, and then it started hitting the boys right before we played BC. So you go from a roster of fifteen or sixteen down to, um, you know, the potential of Schofield might might have to go out into right field because mm. a lot of the boys couldn't hold down the lunch. But yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, when we were, when Scof was on here the last episode, there Chris Hopewell was co-hosting with me, and he he was saying that you know they didn't he didn't know whether like he didn't know how to make the lineup 10 minutes before the game because he had to look to see who was in the porta potty. So, yeah. so, I mean, I mean, that's a, that's a yeah. tough way to go at a senior Nats. Yeah. And I've, I've, I've never, I, I don't know how many tournaments I've played in a couple hundred. I've never that I've never been through that where you're looking around and, and they're, they're your teammates. So you're hmm. sitting next to them. You're, you're, you're taking stuff out of the, 
you know, it was like it was like COVID nineteen that last year's Nats. Like, <laughs> That's what they away from me. You stay over there. Yeah, I'm gonna sit over here. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, you know what Chris is like in his sense of humor. There, he was like, he was like, yeah. maybe maybe we were the start of COVID nineteen. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, like all all of a sudden, like like Harv Harv wasn't allowed to. Uh, share chew tins anymore with some of the other guys so like he must you know with the fact that you know his his bottom lip wasn't completely full of crap like he normally is yeah yeah all right my last thing i'm gonna go through here i'm gonna i'm gonna give you some uh players and i want you to give give your thoughts on them okay yeah Uh, all right uh jason sanford uh one of the greatest human beings uh i have ever had the privilege to throw to yeah he's He's one of a kind. I got I got to throw to him for quite a few years. He's man. He he come into his own. Like he got it in two that or two thousand seven. We went to nationals in St. John's, Newfoundland, and <clears throat> that was his coming out party. He made the the all Canadian team, and then he took off from there. Yeah, yeah, and he I threw to him at a couple of uh, at a couple of camps, and he just makes life easy. Like. You don't have to think. You just kind of throw. He's um, so calm. And you know, I'm yeah. And that's and that's the thing. And when I was when I was younger, you know, I I had trouble, you know, getting to where every pitcher kind of gets to where you want to be able to throw any pitch in any spot of the game. You know, the the confidence level of throwing a changeup at three one and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I, I shook him off, and he just kept throwing down the same signal. I, no, Sandy, I, I don't want to throw that. <laughs> Not, no, that's what you're throwing because that's what we need in this situation. Yeah. Or I know, or he'd come on and he'd be like, "I listen, I know the guy. He, he's not going to hit an outside drop ball. So I just work on it. Let's freaking hit the spot. So, yeah, yeah he's uh, yeah, pretty pretty easygoing guy to throw to. Yeah. All right. Uh, Colin Walsh. Colin Walsh, um, absolute gamer. Um, love the guy like a brother. Uh, he, we were roommates with the national team a couple times. Uh, we played with Kegel. My first six, 16 year, I played Kegel with him. But um, there's a guy that can legitimately do everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can play him at first base. You can play him in the outfield. Pitch. Uh, I'm sure if you wanted him to catch, he could figure it out. No and then at the same time, at the same time, you throw. You can throw him out there in the one hole or the four hole, whatever you want, and. And you know he's going to absolutely mash the ball. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Nick Shales. Nicky Shales. I, you know, I don't know Nicky a whole ton, um, but he, I would rate him. He's, he's for sure in the top five best players in the game, mm-hmm. probably to have ever played. Yeah, I, I don't know him personally. Like he and I have probably never we've never had sat down had a conversation. Right. Um, on a personal level. I hate the fucking guy, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> he was playing. He was playing for Townline, and I hope he listens to this because he probably he probably doesn't remember this. But he was playing for Townline out of Green Bay, and it was like 2008 or something like that. And it, I was young. I was I was 19 or 20, pitching for Kegel, and I was I had no control, like none whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And Townline had. You know, they had Nick, they had Wayne Lalu, they had they had a couple guys. Yep. And I'm throwing and it's like it's like a, a thirteen to nine game and we're winning. Kegel's winning. <clears throat> anyway, they end up I had to come into the game for another reason. I think Darcy Byrne probably got tossed or something like that. And sure enough I, I walked the bases loaded or something like that, or a couple hits. I don't know how it ended up, but bases were loaded anyway. And uh he come up and I threw one like above his head, and and that's just the way it worked out. I wasn't trying to hit him. One, the bases are loaded. Uh, I have no need to hit you. Two, I didn't really know what hitting guys was all about, and I never had done it. Right. Anyway, he stared at me, and kind of gave me the like the, the fu. I can't believe you just did that. And then the next pitch, he hits a grand slam. <laughs> and on his way to first base, he throws the bat down, and he kind of apparently. He, yelled at me and he kind of yelled at me around first base but I was just like I was playing at circle tap under the lights there's probably 800 people there watching the stands were packed the bar was full 
and uh, and yeah, like I remember my catcher coming out, and and the next guy up was Wayne Lualu, and he's giving me the signal to like, you know, hit him, plunk him, <laughs> and I'm like, I I don't I don't even know what that signal is, and I just I think I threw another pitch, and Wayne put one over the fence, and that was it. I got pulled after that. <laughs> but that is that's my oldest memory of Nick Shales, okay. and I remember. I remember Elsie being in town, and I said to him, if I ever play again and I come up against your buddy Nick Shales, I'm going to hit him. And uh, I've faced Nick probably 30 times since then, and I've never done it, and I probably never will. Yeah. Like, it's, it's too far gone. Right on. Yeah. I, actually, he's coming, on, he's coming on in a couple episodes, so uh, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask him if he remembers ask that. Him. Yeah, for he sure. Probably, he probably won't. It was... Like, what is it? It's 2020. It's 12 years ago. Right. So there's no picture and weird. I remember shit like that. Yeah. He, there's, there's probably no way he's going right. to remember an at bat like I'm, that. I'm, anyway. I'm sure, I'm sure Shales, he's been through quite a bit since 12 yeah. years ago, right? Well, yeah. And that's why he stands so far off the plate now. Now, now <laughs> he knows if he gets hit, it's obvious, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Next guy. Next guy I have is, we already talked about him, Justin Schofield. Schofield, uh, he's turned into a really close friend even though I thought he was a fucking asshole with a goofy looking haircut <laughs> um, we had you know we did not have we didn't have the greatest year last year with Kegel and, and that had nothing to do with Scope and I but Scope, we ended up really close friends and uh, and to this day we still we still text obviously playing with the Macedons together and uh, um, yeah we a lot of fun he's an absolute gamer um, you know I think he learned a lot playing for Hill mm-hmm and uh, he really he brought a lot of that to Kegel when he came, um, stuff that Kegel never really thought about. Um, you know, Kegel's a – we're a family team. Right. We're, you know, we're a group of guys that I think last year at ISCs we had like 30 hotel rooms or something ridiculous because we had so much family there. So Holy cow. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, our, our group photo, we were supposed to do a group photo. There were 52 people supposed to be in the group photo. That's wow. Wow. That's with players, wives, and all the kids that were there. That's unreal. I mean, that, I'm, yeah. that goes to show, if, like, that's good on Kegel, though. I mean, having family-oriented yep. team, and for sure. To be honest, it's it's been like that for as long as I've been with Kegel. That's what it's always been. Right on. Uh, there's never been a question. If you're bringing the wife and kids, no problem whatsoever. Excellent, excellent. All right, my second last player, and Scofe told me to bring this up, Jason Hill. What's Jason it, Hill? What's his batting average off five, you? Zero. <laughs> and I'm I'm gonna say this, and Jason, if you hear this, text me because he's gonna say, and I want I just want if he hears this, I want him to say, I just want him to text me saying like thumbs up or like you're right. He is my easiest out in all of the ISC. Really? Yes. Jason comes up to the plate, and Jason already knows that he's gonna be out. It is. And it's it is laughable, and it is it is laughable between Jason and I because I can just look at him and smile, and he's like, "I'm out, I know it." Wow. I don't I don't know what it is, but when he if he sees me warming up, he pull he comes out of the game. I, he's like, "That's it, I'm coming out." You know, I think Hilly's batting average off me lifetime at senior Nats is like nine fifty two. I don't know what it is. There was. Uh, Hill had lit us up two years ago, and I pitched, and he actually got a hit off of me. And uh, it was a it was a hard double, like one of the hardest hit balls I've ever seen. And he, he comes on to two, and I said, "Holy shit, are you finally hit one!" And he goes, "I freaking always yeah. I'm gonna try to do the Hilly accent. I I fucking I fucking you, boy. Bye. I'm like oh for four hundred off you, and it's it's true. Like, and all he ever says to me is, "Will you?" Freaking throw something that that does not curve, Brady. Like, <laughs> I throw it. I throw it out of the curves. I throw it off the plate. He swings out of the curves. But yeah, I just um, one of the funniest stories was I was I was playing with the California A's. Had picked me up for ASAs. Okay, yep. And they had Sean. They had Sean Wynn, and we're playing Hill United. And uh, the coach says, "Hey, they got three lefties in a row coming up, and we're in the sixth inning. If we get to the lefties, you're going in." And okay, so I looked at the lineup, and it was it was Jason Hill, Ryan Thompson, and I can't remember who the other lefty was. But I said, "Yeah, no problem. I'll go warm up." So I went and warmed up, 
So he goes out, and nobody's expecting them to pull Sean Witten in favor of me against Hill United yeah. when the California A's are winning. Right? That's just that's <laughs> not what's going to happen. Anyway, Hilly steps up. I mean, what did Sean throw? Like, what he threw like eighty-eight or something? Yeah. Oh, like, he threw he crazy hard. He's from Nova Scotia, right? Who, Witty? Yeah. No. He's no. a maritimer, is he not? No. Witty's from... Oh. He's from Ontario, isn't he? I don't... I I'm pretty sure. Anyway. Well, he has an accent, I thought. Oh, no. Anyway, wait, maybe he's from, Newfoundland. he's from Newfoundland. Is he? Yes. Yeah, I, I know. He lives in Alberta and he's not from Alberta, so <laughs> I, I thought he was a maritimer. <laughs> no. Yeah, well, well, I guess being a mar- if you're from Newfoundland, you'd be a maritimer. So, yes, you're, you are yeah. correct. <laughs> See, I know geography. Yeah, there you go. Um, but so the coach goes out and gets witty, and I come walking out of the dugout, and Hilly was, you know, on the left side of the box, and he's taking his practice swings, and he looks up, and he sees me standing on the mound, and he just put his head down and shook it. And that was the end. And I looked at him, and I'm like, I got you. I got you, buddy. That's awesome. And, yeah, I've, you know, in 300 at-bats, if I have 400 career strikeouts, Jason Hill's probably 200 of them. That's he's got to be. crazy. Cause he, he's yeah. so good though, like he is. Oh man, he's and, so good. And and on top of being that good, he's just he's he's one of the nicest guys you could ever uh, you could ever hang around with. Yeah. He was always he was always the guy when I was with the team that that I would hang around with or uh, that would you know be the first guy to come over and pat me on the back or right or what have you. You know, to be honest, my my in, in Columbia in 2012. I didn't really feel like I like I didn't belong on that team. I didn't mm. feel like I belonged on that team. Right. Um, and it showed. And it showed when I pitched. Um, but I, I knew they brought me because I was a younger guy. But and we took a mostly younger team. But I still didn't. I didn't feel like I belonged. But anyway, he he uh, he always made sure to include me. And, and to this day, when I see him at the park, he comes over. And first guy you come over to and say hi. That's awesome. He like he he's, he agreed to come on the podcast too. So I I can't wait to have him on. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to hear that one. Yeah. So my last one is my next guest, which will be tomorrow. Uh, your coach from last year, Chris Hopewell. Never met him until <laughs> until we I arrived at Nationals, and the first time he spoke, I'm like, "Is this guy serious?" Is this... <laughs> and then you quickly find out is this guy's not serious about anything <laughs> until you step on the diamond, right? Until until that time, everything that comes out of his mouth is probably bullshit, <laughs> or he's fucking with you in some way. Yeah, yeah. You know, like for for one, sorry, close to a year now, and like I hope his mom's not going to listen to this podcast. I have been under the impression that his mom is a stripper with one arm. That's what I was told, <laughs> and that's what I choose to believe. So. Oh my God. Until I meet her and I can I, and I can give her a hug and say you know you know Mrs. Hopewell, I uh, see that you have both arms and you're not a stripper. <laughs> I choose to believe what Chris tells me. Funny story from from Scope's uh, podcast before he said uh, one of his things he told Chris because uh, when you join in the team he said don't ask Brady how he's doing like before games because. He's always going to say he doesn't feel good. So, yeah. so, did you meet up with them in Toronto, or where did you meet up with them to to fly out? Uh, we met in. We ended up, I think, in Calgary. Oh, okay, okay. So, yeah, yeah, okay. So, so Chris was saying that uh, you know you guys showed up. You showed up at the airport, and but he didn't know. He didn't know from Scope. Like, do I talk to him now, or am I going to rattle him now? So. <laughs> He said he didn't say anything to you at the airport until, like, because he was scared that he would throw you off your game. <laughs> so I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> no, no, you can't. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty. If I'm, even when I'm on in my younger days, you, you couldn't talk to me before a game. I was, I was too nervous. And now I just, even when I'm serious, I'm joking around most of the game. So, right. um, but yeah, usually, I usually I do not feel good before a game. But that's because I get very nervous, and I still get very nervous to this day. Yeah. But that, that, like, don't get me wrong. That doesn't mean I don't love the big game because I only want to throw the big games. Yeah. That's that's what I live for. Um, but like, I pitched last night in a, a thirty and over, um, kind of men's league here in Winnipeg. Right. Um, that is, 
you know, it's intermediate caliber. Um, but I, if I don't, if I don't play with them or if I don't play there, I got nowhere to, I got, I'm not going to pitch for a year. So right. I choose to go out there, but even I was warming up last night and, uh, and I, I was only going to throw three innings mm. and the guy said, how do you feel? I said, I feel awful. I'm like, I feel like be sick. <laughs> and that's, that's just the way it is. Yeah. Before every game. It doesn't matter who I'm pitching against. I yeah. could be throwing against Hill United under the lights at Worlds, or I could be throwing against, you know, Todd's mud jacking um, at 9 a.m. on yeah. day one of my season. I will feel the same way. Yeah, exactly. I mean, once you get through that first inning, I'm the same way. Once you get through that first inning, like, I've, for me, I'm fine. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, I feel terrible all game. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, it never, it never subsides. Oh wow! It's just yeah. I come in after the fourth, and usually the coach asks me, "He's like, how you feeling?" I feel terrible. Let's just keep going though, and I just usually just keep on, keep on doing. Oh my god! All right, Brady. Well, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Uh, the second, and actually, no you know what? You know what? I had to. I went back to a tweet that you wrote when I opened the Twitter account there, and you said. Quoted as saying, as the guy who's been voted the worst defender by softball Canada umpires, if I'm not the first one on this podcast, I retire. Well, you're the yeah. second one, so I hope <laughs> I hope you're not going to retire. I won't retire. <laughs> I won't retire. Well, or, so, Framer, that statement's true, man. <laughs> and and I'll, I'll tell you why it's true. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm vice president here at Softball Manitoba, as mm-hmm. well, just to kind of give back. And so last year I, I had to go to BC for Softball Canada, this big AGM. And all the umpires were there. And most of them have no idea who I am, but a couple of them, you know, recognize me. Right. And and the shoot was like the big topic at last year's because it wasn't a rule changer. So the shoot was the biggest topic that the umpires were going to talk about. Right. <laughs> and the umpire in chief in Manitoba came out and said, you have been voted the worst defender being outside the shoot. And I said, like, I'm not the worst defender. I know I'm not. I've seen footholes of some of the other guys I throw against. Um, I know I'm not the worst defender. And he's like, no, it came down between you and Skulls, and they voted you. The f- you. They say you were way worse than Skulls. And I just said, well, it's probably because I'm like 42 inches wide. Like, it just looks like I'm that far out. But they're expecting me to stay on a 30-inch mound when I'm 42 inches wide. Right. It doesn't make any sense. No. That's awesome, though. Like, <laughs> at least, you know what? I'm just happy that that they said outside the shoot because, you know, the, the the whole reason I make come up with outside the shoot was because of nationals in 2018 when Scofe kept getting called for it, and I was like, yeah, it was it was a joke, yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, like I'll never I should I should take that back. They're gonna do what what they're gonna do, and it's our job to adjust to what they want, right? Um, but I'll tell you what, like I, I don't know if I physically can do it. And, I mean, we'll see at the next Nationals because I'm told they're going to paint lines showing the shoot. Right. And, uh, and, and it's just it's going to be my job to figure out how to stay inside of it. But, now, did you like, get, did you get called? Flamer, Sorry, go Flamer, ahead. I got called. I got called. I was playing the, ever, the other Nova Scotia team. He illegal pitched a guy four balls in a row onto the bases and then illegal pitched him around the bases to score. That's crazy. I am not kidding. That's yeah. crazy. It, it got to the point where I stopped jumping. I just stepped off and pitched. So I, and I, and I know for a fact because I was pitching against Alan Long, um, who I know he actually came to Manitoba for one year and played here. Mm-hmm. But I stepped off and I, I just delivered pitch, just stepping and throwing. Wow. And uh, I got, I ended up getting to two strikes on him. I think it was one and two. So I figured, well, frick, I'll, I'll jump for the last one, and they illegal pitched me the second I jumped. Wow. And that was in St. Croix? Yeah. That was in St. Croix, yeah. See, that's crazy because today I was I went back and watched the game you pitched against uh, the Nationals, Wyerton. You started yeah. that game, didn't you? Yeah. Pretty sure, you, yeah. And I was watching it, and and I was like, well, Brady doesn't look like he's going outside the shoot that much. Like, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm like an intel, but the, the thing is, is where my left foot is, my lead foot, mm. it's off. It's it's essentially off the left side of the plate. Like, like okay. my inside heel is barely touching the far left side of the plate. Right. And then I jump all the way across, and I end up like an inch or two outside the shoot. 
And uh, but when if you're just watching my feet, it looks like I'm jumping over about three feet. Right. But I'm not. Like I, I'm I'm pretty I'm I'm fairly close to the shoes. And when you look at my footholes and then draw a line, like it's clear as day. Like I'm not that far out. And my argument to them kept I kept saying, how how are you watching my feet? When I'm throwing the ball, yeah, at 78 miles an hour. Exactly. Like, I, I don't understand. Exactly. You're not you're, you're not watching my feet. You're predetermining, making up your mind what you're going to call. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I mean, again, it's it's my job to adapt to what they're calling. So right. Once the shoe lines are there, it's it's either you're in or you're out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Anyway, well, listen, you and I got to thank you and Sco for giving me the title of my podcast outside the shoot. So anyway, <laughs> I appreciate you coming on, buddy. Uh, if, awesome. if we keep going, I'll have you on again. Sounds good. All right, buddy. Take care. Sure you got Yeah. Make sure you hit up Murphy's Fish and Chips for some sponsoring. I <laughs> will do buddy. Yeah. Best fish and chips in all of Nova Scotia. I don't even like fish. Yeah. But hopefully I, they, they're a free plug. Murphy's give Framer some money. Right on buddy. <laughs> See you friend. Thanks Brady.